You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Rabbi Seyra was asking Rabbi Yehuda these Aramaic words. What is the source of them? Are, are, what is the idea of the language of these Aramaic words? Are they shortened versions of Hebrew? What do they come from? Are they compound words? What's the root? What's the origin of these words? Dasha, derech sham. That's the way to get through something. Get through dasha is a, is, a, is a door. That's the way through to get to some place that you want to go, through that door, through that gate. Darga, which is a word for a ladder. Derech gag, it goes up to the roof. Matkulita, that's the special type of dips that people would have, whether it's hummus, caviar, ikra, reitach, whatever it is they like dipping their stuff in, the salsa. Why is it always called matkulita? Why was that the Aramaic word for it? Matai Duh. Oh, I hope this doesn't end. This is so good. Or this stuff lasts for so long. You can use it for many, many meals. Beta. What does beta mean? Bo ve'etevba. A house. We know that, right? We've been all, we've been in our homes and sitting in them. That's where you're supposed to sit. Not just supposed to be a place you go to sleep, it's a place, it's a space, a place you're supposed to stay and live in. Ve'etivba. This is sort of like the, the motto of Corona. Bo ve'etivba. Bo, come. Yeah, come into your house and stay there. Uh, bikta, that's a person who doesn't have a, 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 a large house. It's, it's called a bikta. Why? Be'okta. Oh, I, I feel compressed here. It's tiny. It's only one bedroom. It's so small. Kufta. That's a type of um, that's a type of uh, a thing that you would sit on. It's actually uh, Rashi says that it's uh, Rashi says that it's a uh, it's actually something that people would use for uh, when they would um, when they would grind up uh, material, mortar and pestle. But this was something like a like the 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 frame around it. Once they were finished with the job, what they would do is they'd say, "Okay, now we're going to sit down." Kufativ. Kufta means turn it over and sit on top of it. Stop working. Livni. What is the idea of livni? Why is that called the word for um, for things that you put into the uh, the bricks that you put into buildings and helms? Why are they called livni? Because you know why? Rav Yehuda told him livne bani, because it has to do with your children and grandchildren, because the home that you built is going to be bigger than you. It's going to go further than, than you. It's going to outlive you. It's going to go for your grandchildren. Okay. I hope. We'll see if my grandchildren will be hanging around this house. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe. You'll tell. I'll know. <laughs> this is for them, not for me. What about hutza? Hutza is this uh, material that you use from various types of, uh, various types of, uh, of, 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 of like vines and date material and other stuff that you make, uh, right? But, but people set them up sometimes. Chatzitza, meaning it's not a real wall. <laughs> it, it's, it's like straw, uh, other stuff, uh, uh, leftover stuff from the Lulavim. That's called hutza because all it does is make a separation. Chatzitza, it separates from now. It doesn't do anything more than that. Chatzva, that was a word for a type of uh, a, a container that people put stuff in. But why was that size container called a chatzva? Jar, jug. Why is it called chatzva? Because that's the perfect size. It's small enough and you can go to the river and get water out of it. It's not like a tiny cup that's not worth going to the river with. And it's not a big, gigantic thing that you, you aren't able to schlep it from the river. So it's the perfect size. That's why it was called chatzva, because that's perfect for getting water from the river. Kuza, which is a small little cup. Why is it called kuza? Because what you're saying is kuza, just give me a little bit, right? In other words, if you want to schnorr from somebody, you say, give me a kuza of this, just kuza, just a little bit. You can spare some of that. Okay, <laughs> take some, you schnorr. But that's when people come with kuza, that's good. What about shutisa? What about, why do, why do they say that this uh, hadas, this, um, mer- this, not the myrtle, the, uh, you know what I'm talking about, hadasim. Right? Yeah, the myrtle. Right? So why is the myrtle called shutisa? Why is it called shutisa? Because people do silly things with those myrtles. Because for some reason they have a great uh, Kabbalistic symbolism. And what do people do? 
And you dance in front of the Kala, but why is it called Shutisa? Because it's Shtus. Because what are you supposed to do when you go to a wedding? Nira Hamirake Kishote. The person who dances, he looks totally insane, right? He looks like he doesn't know, where he, he's not in control of himself. He's not his usual inhibited self. He's uninhibited. His hands and feet are flying. What's he doing? What is he saying? Like, what's that expression on his face? That's the way you have to be at the wedding. <laughs> that's, that's what's, that is what uh, Chazal actually encourage. They encourage that sort of uh, uh, silliness, and a person has to be ready to be that way at a wedding. Hashem, we should be at chasinus of the some sort of chasinus soon with each other. We'll see. Uh, today, maybe you could say someone who goes to a chasana is, is doing a shdus. Okay, what does it mean? Mashikala? Mashikala is a type of basin. But it's nice and big for everybody to come, especially in times of Corona. Everybody go wash your hands. Mashikula. Everybody wash your hands. Mashikula. Everyone wash. It's big enough for everyone. What about this one that's fancy and small? This mashkilta. Oh, that's for mashyakalta. That's only for a kala or someone like that, for the bride, someone special to wash in. That's why it had that name. Asitita, that was in the mortar, in the, that's the mortar, right? The pestle goes into the mortar and crushes whatever you're trying to make, the pepper, whatever you're trying to make there. Now, why is it called, as, why is it called asita? Because asita means chasirta, meaning it's missing something. There's a, there's a crevice that's been dug out of it. That's what we call it asita because it's the crevice that is that that has been shaped into the the material in order to grind what you want to grind. The orach has a different parish here that's mentioned here on the side of the page. That asita is chasidita. That's it's called chasidita. Rav Yehuda was telling him because an asita could be one of the asins. You might appreciate this, doctor. Asita is like the chasidim. It's almost like these people that are willing to get beaten. These people that are so passive. That's what it's like when the mortar. When the mortar, uh, the pestle goes into the mortar, it's like the mortar is just accepting everything. Okay, smash me, smash me, smash me. That's why it has that word. Buchna, which is the pestle itself. Why is it called Buchna? Why is that the Aramaic word? Bovakena. I mean, okay, now take it and I hit, hit with it. Hit, smash, smash with it. Be aggressive with it. That's what you're supposed to do. Otherwise, you're not going to get the material ground the way you need to. Levusha, this is a, uh, there are two upper garments. When you would get dressed. I'm not wearing either, but let's say I would wear a jacket. That would be called my levush. The levush of a Talmud Chacham. Why is it called levusha? Because low busha. <laughs> because underneath I might be having a sweaty shirt. You might see the stains on my underarms, whatever it is. Low busha. Now there's no busha involved because, you see, I put this on. No busha. But then there's the thing that goes on top of that. Aramaically, it's called glima. Why is it called glima? Shanasabo kegolem. Rashi points out, you look like a golem, meaning like you can't even put your hands out. It's like a cloak that wraps you up completely, and the person looks like a golem. You don't see the forms of his hands. If he wants to, he sticks his hand out. But it's like a cape, like a, a cape that you have around you, but it wraps completely around you. So the, there's, the, there's the levush of the Talmud Chacham, levusha, and then there's the glima. And the glima is because it, you, because it actually... It's like a golem. Golem means unshaped. That's what the golem is, right? The golem means that the golem is something that it doesn't have any specific shape. So here, golem, we don't see your hands. That's why it's like a golem, nasaboka golem. Gulita, what is gulita? Gulita is a type of, (laughs) I forgot for a second. Yeah. Right. So this is something that he's supposed to. Right. This is this is a a, a a coat. This is a long coat that actually like a long Prince Albert coat that goes all the way down to the floor. So what? Why is it called galita? Galivative because you have to pick it up to sit down because sometimes it'll 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 uh, get dirty in the dirt below you. It, it goes down so far that you have to be careful. So many times when you sit with it, you actually lift it up. That's why it's called gulta. So all these are different types of clothing indicating either what you, how you look in it or what it does for you or what you need to do when you wear it. Puria, that's the Aramaic word for bed. Why is it called Puria? 
Sheparim v'rovin aleha. That's what the bed was made for, to reproduce. It was made to, 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 to have relations with your wife, to have children. That's why it's called Huria. Um, sometimes they say a boar is a zinka boar. Why, what's a boar that's zinka? Zinka means it's nucky, zenucky. When you have a boar that you've cleaned out, that seems to be something you could put vegetables in or something like that, that's called a zinka boar because it's nucky. Sudra, that's what the Tamarit HaChachamim wear. They, call, they wear a sudar on their head. Why is it called a sudar? Soda Hashem Because the people who wear those type of things, it could be it went down on their, their shoulders as well. Those were the ones who, in their learning, were able to be machavin to the Rabboni Shalom, or the Ruach HaKodesh. The secret of Hashem is the people that fear Him. Soda Hashem of Sudra. The Ravid many times in his parish, the Rashba and others, they talk about how they're so sure about what they said, they know they've learned it well, they know that they have uh, connected themselves to the truth, where God has sort of helped them enhance their understandings. That's the Sudar. A panda, what's it called? Why is it, a panda is a big, uh, it's a big uh, villa, a big villa, a big mansion that rich people and, and powerful people live in. Why was the Aramaic word for it? A panda? Sigmar says, because it's a, it's a compound word. Meaning this is where everybody shows up at this door. <laughs> you might not get further than the door, but you're going to get to the door because that's where you're going to knock on the door. That's why it's called apanda because of the doorway that everybody shows up. They come to ask Rishus, they come to beg, they have money, they ask for money. That's why it's called apanda. Since we've been talking about the animal world, the physical world, the sociological human world that creates languages. So there are three types of beings. As they get older, Mosif and Gvura, they seem to get even stronger, ornier, tougher. Eluhain, dog, nochosh, the chazir, the fish, the snake, and the pig. They're not, even when they get to their older age, they still seem to be strong. Uh, the Maral explains that all of these things are extreme. The dog, of course, lives in the, in, the, in the ocean, which is a whole different world than the world we're familiar with. Ideas of age don't apply so much in the ocean. And the nochosh, I guess as well, the nochosh sort of <laughs> has this preternatural type of uh, power that he doesn't, you know, the old snake isn't, is just as dangerous as a young one. And incredibly, the Chazir as well. The Maral says human beings are different, though. Human beings, as we all know, the greater strength is in the middle of their life. As they get older, as they get ready, as they get ready for their third act, <laughs> that's when they got to realize that they're not as strong as they used to be. And Corona has brought that true to many of us who are in our third, hopefully, maybe our second and a half act, but you understand what I mean. All right. The Mishnah said, the Mishnah was talking about Haitzah. The Mishnah was talking about things that you're chayev for Haitzah and the amount that you're chayev for Haitzah. And we saw very different shiurim based on what's considered a type of use for this item. Shemen, k'day l'soch, avrkotan, the Mishnah said. What does that mean? A small limb on your body? What does it mean? Exactly. The amount of oil you'll be chayah for taking out on Shabbos is the amount that it would take to, to shmear onto a small limb. That's what the Mishnah said. Amr Debe Rabbiani, Rabbiani Zeshiva, they said, what did that mean? Shemen kedei losoch ever katan. It's the amount of shemen you need to shmear on the small limb of a katan ben yomo. A little, bur- wow, that's so small. A little bit of oil on the tiny baby's little finger. Mm, that's tiny. But on that, we ask on what Rabbi Yana's Yeshiva said from Abraisa. Shemen, kedei l'soch ever koton. Vikoton ben yomo. The Abraisa said two things. Shemen, kedei l'soch ever koton. Vikoton ben yomo. What do the two things mean? Obviously, what it means is this. Ever koton is the smallest limb of an adult. My love, aver caught on the godel. It's either the smallest limb of an adult, or what? Aver godel shall caught on, or the biggest limb of a baby, benyomo. Either one is pretty much the same amount. So that goes against Rabbi because the yeshiva Rabbi says it's even tinier. 
Yeshiva could answer you. They could answer you. Hello? That's not what it means. The Brisa means Shemen we have to tinker with the Bryce again. Look, I'm going to go up with the cursor and you'll see how we tinker with it. Look what I'm just doing here. And what did that mean? It meant the Aver Koton of a Koton Benyomo. So you, you put this little right where I'm drawing with the cursor. That's where you put that explanation in. So that's what Rabbi Yannai can say. It fits in. But we found another brisa, and this brisa seems to have a machlokas in it about how much oil. Remember, don't lose cup. How much oil you need to bring out on Shabbos to be chayiv skiwa for, to be chayiv achatis for. Shemen kedei l'soch ever koton v'koton ben yomo. That's exactly like what we just quoted. But now we have a name with it. Tiver Reb Shimon ben Elazar. Reb Nosson Omer kedei l'soch ever koton. What's Rav Nelson responding to Shimon ben Elazar? There's a machlokas. What's the machlokas? My It must be they're arguing with this. Rav Shimon ben Elazar savar aver katan shokatan. Rav Shimon ben Elazar is like Rav Yanai, but Rav Nelson holds aver katan, meaning what? It's, you have your choice: either aver katan the gadol, either an adult's smallest limb, or aver gadol of katan. Avol aver katan shokatan menyom alo. So what do you see? You see that Rabbi Yanai was only like Shimon ben Elazar. But according to Rabbi Nosson, Rabbi Nosson was more mekel. Uh, right? Because according to, again, what happens is if you hold up Rabbi Yanai, the smallest tiny amount that would go on a baby's little pinky, that would be enough to be chayev chattas for. Whereas according to Rabbi Nosson, it's a little bit more than that. So what Rabbi Yanai said is really a machlokas tanoyim, and Rabbi Yanai is really being machmir. That's what the Gemara is saying. It seems like that's what's going on. And Rabbi Yanai's opinion can only be like Shimon ben Elazar. So Gemara says, hmm. so you're telling me Rabbi Yana is really based on Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar. Is that so clear? You could have really, without Rabbi Yana, you might have said the Machlokas, Shimon ben Elazar and Rabbi Nassim doesn't mean that. Lo, I could have really said the Kuli Alma, Aver Katan, the Kelton ben Yoma, lo. Really, but such the tiniest amount that would go on a little baby's pinky, that of course is not enough to be Chayev. And really, less uh, to Rabbi Yana. And really, nobody holds like Rabbi Yana, you could say. And you could say, this is what Rav Shimon Elazar and Rav Nelson argue about. Rav Shimon Elazar Savar, Aver Koton de Godel. When Shimon Elazar said, what he meant was the smallest Aver of a Godel. Now, obviously, that's a pinky, let's say, which is small, bigger than the amount of a baby. But still, Rav Shimon Elazar says, the Aver Godel de Cotton Ben Yomo, the biggest limb of a baby, whether it's head or something like that, or his fibula, is Kiadodi Ninu. They're the same. Why? So the great Nitziv, and Pauli Tzviyuda Berlin explains this, Gemara, that you could say that we're not talking about the size of the area that the oil gets smeared on, it's the amount of oil needed to do an effective job. On an adult who's old and, and his skin is parched and he needs more oil, so therefore, even though it's his pinky, he needs the same amount of oil as would go on the largest limb of a baby. Even though the largest limb of a baby is bigger than his pinky, but a baby's skin is smooth and doesn't need the same amount of oil because it's a much younger skin. And therefore, it's the same amount. That's what Shimon ben Elazar says. Aver cotton the godel, the aver godel the cotton benyomo, or kia dodininu. You need the same amount of oil for them. And that same amount of oil, whatever that is, that's the amount you'll be chayef. And Rabbi Nosan said, no, aver cotton to godel in. He said, no, it's, uh, to me, it's only the aver godel of a cotton. Meaning, I say that, um, I'm sorry. Aver cotton the godel in the amount that you'd be chayev for taking out on Shabbos is the amount. Let's say it's the pinky finger, whatever. That's the amount that you'd be chayev. Aver godel the cotton benyomo lo, but aver godel the cotton benyomo is a different amount, and therefore Rav Nelson says it's the amount that goes smears against the adult pinky. But nobody says, according to this, that it's the it's the it's the aver cotton of a baby.
So the Gemara says, okay, so the Brisa could be learnt against Rabbi Yannai. But, what's, but, but Rabbi Yannai could learn himself in the Brisa too. So my Harbi Allah, what's the Psak? Toshma, we have a third Brisa. Netanya, Rabbi Shimon ben Elozer Oimer, Shemen, Kedei Lasoch, Ever Koton, Shokoton ben Yomo. So here you see that that's what Shimon ben Elozer meant, clear and solid. And obviously, the Bey Rabbi Yannai is based on that. And it would turn out, I guess because it's a machlokas in Chilul Shabbos, we're going to be machmir and paskin like the Bey Rabbi Yannai and Rishimim and Elozer, that even that small amount that goes on a baby's pinky, that's going to be enough to be chayiv achapas. The Mishnah said, mayim, the amount of water you're chayiv to carry out, is going to be show fanas akilor. So we said what the kilor was, that was like an ointment uh, that you would put into your eye if your eyes were bothering you, but it needs water, I guess, to turn it into the ointment that it has to in order to work properly. So the amount of water that you put into this ointment that goes on the average person's eyes, that's the amount of water you're going to be chayiv, which is a small amount. And that's going to be chayiv on Shabbos for carrying that amount of water out. So, Omar Abaya, Abaya had a problem with this whole Mishnah. Look how small the amount of water is. I don't deny that sometimes when people need that ointment to put on their eye, they go, oh, get me a drop, oh, get me those drops of water for that. But we're talking about Hoytzah. We want to come out with a, a recorded amount for everyone. That's the official amount that you're not supposed to carry on Shabbos. So therefore, Abai says, Michti, let's think about it. Michti, a word. Let's think about it. If there are two things that, two ways you could use something. One of them is the common way. Shechicha means common. Below shechicha. And then you have the uncommon way. So when the Rabbanon are going to decide, using their chokhmah to decide, when you're chayiv misa for carrying it, what's the amount that God thinks that hotzah is based on their wisdom and understanding the way people use things? So also Rabbanon baser the shechicha. The Rabbanon are going to go with the one that's more common. And that's going to be lakula which would mean that if this is the most common way of carrying it, that's the amount. And even if some other guy is carrying it for some other reason or carrying smaller, he's not going to be chayev. So if you have two things, so if shechicha below shechicha, you definitely go baser the shechicha. Shechicha v'shechicha. Let's say, however, there are two ways that a certain item can be carried. One, and they're both as common as each other, basically just as common. Okay. But one way you carry less, and in another way you carry more. But they're both as common as each other. This is Chilul Shabbos, so we have to be machmer. Also, Rabban and Basar, the Shechicha So let's say one way the amount is an ounce, and the other way is three ounces. But, the, but it's, uh, it's pretty much in the same league, the amount of people who do it this way and that way, for this purpose or that purpose. They're both purposes that are just as common. We have to decide what's the amount you're chayyim for Shabbos. We're going to go and say, since it's pretty much a draw about which way it's done, we'll go this way, even though it turns out the amount is less, which becomes a chumrah. That's what it means here, chumrah. So now, Abayah puts the principles on the table. Abayah, the great teacher, he puts the principles on the table. Now he relates it to this case. Let's think about it. Um, let's take a look. Yayin. When it comes to wine, even though wine could also go into some of these salves, what is the most p- common purpose for wine? Drinking. Refuoso, using it for a salve, using it as part of a refuo, lo shchicha. So, also Rabban and Basar shtiyoso. The Rabban are going to say, let's think about how much it takes to drink wine. And what's the amount that you need in order to get a good cup of wine? And we saw what that was. That was a quarter of a revius. Whatever that was, a quarter of an ounce, whatever that was, a half an ounce or something like that. So even though you need less than a half an ounce for refuah, we're going to go with the thing that's most common, which is drinking it, which is lakula. Let's read again the words. Let's now think about milk. Chalav, when it comes to milk, right? So what's the shear for milk? What you take a swallow, right? What, what a person could do a gemiyah on. So also Rabban and Basar Achilaso, Lakula, which is a, a bigger shear. Even though milk could also be used in some fashion and some medicinal things, it's much more common to drink milk. Okay? And therefore, we're going to be mako, and we're going to say the shear for Hitzah is the common usage of milk, which is to imbibe it, to eat it. 
What about honey? So we saw with honey, achiloso shchicha, right? People like licking honey and having honey, but also refuoso shchicha. But this, but especially in that society, when people had wounds and their animals were treated with those wounds and their own bodies were treated with those wounds, honey was also used medicinally. Almost the same amount people would eat honey. Aha. So therefore, we got to figure out. It's pretty much in the same league. Putting the honey, smearing the honey on the animal back, smearing the honey on your wounds, or schlepping honey into your mouth. Schlucking honey into your mouth. It's pretty much shicha. So therefore, it's pretty much the same. The Rabbanon, when they had to make the call of how much honey you'd be chayiv for, for taking it out on Shabbos, also Rabbanon basa refuaso. They went after the amount of refua, even though it turns out a chumrah, because the amount that you need to put on the wound is much less. So now that Abai has made his case, he comes to his point. Mayim, we're talking about water. Michtesh also shchicha. We know water, most people drink it. Using it for medicinal purposes is not as common. And we know with drinking, it will probably be a couple of ounces. That's what a person would want, a, a drink of water. A drink would be a couple of ounces, not a little sip. So therefore, the shear of water should be greater. We should be mako. That's a biased question. My time also, Rabbanan Basar Rufuasa Lechumra. Why did the Rabbanan take this usage of, of water, which is Rufuwa, to come up with a Chumra? So, that was Abaya's question. Here's his answer. He came up with an answer himself. Amar Abaya, maybe what we can say is this Mishnah is Begalila Shonu. This Mishnah was from, and, and therefore the Halacha was formulated when the Sanhedrin was up in the Galil. And why is the Galil different? <laughs> Let's take a look why. Why is the Galil different? Rashi says, because they were so poor up there. Because they, even though there was a lot of stuff you could put into those salves to use for your eyes, you could use wine, you could use milk, you could use a lot of stuff, but they never did. Because wine and milk uh, were too expensive. The ain shof and elabamayim. They would use, for all their selves, and I guess they had a lot of eye issues, they would always use water. It might not be as as as, as drinking water, but it's in the same ballpark. And that's why they were machmer. Um, that's what Rashi says, that they, it was, came out of the poverty. The intense poverty that they had up in the Galil meant that that, they, that the medicinal uses of water Ended up becoming much stronger, and because of that, it was it was almost in the same league as drinking, and therefore, yeah. Another way you can understand it is based on what we've learned in other places in Shas that people drank wine instead of water. Water was not so usual to drink; that wasn't so usual to have uh, 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 some water, wine. So therefore, in the Galil, especially, they had a lot of wine, and because they had a lot of wine in the Galil, that was the main drink. Therefore, water was less of a drink. And the refua aspect of water was in the same ballpark. Since it was the same ballpark, that's why they were machmer. That's Abayah's answer. Um, Rava says it could be even in other places. Because according to you, it was a designation that was only true in that place. But what, what, what's shot in the Mishnah? Kiddush Shmuel. The Amar Shmuel. Ko shekaine mosu Shmuel said, that whenever you use these salves, Shmuel was a doctor. Shmuel understood what it meant when you put these type of liquids into salves. He said like this, Koshakaine, all other liquids, Mosu, they do heal. But while you have that salve in your eye, Umetawale, it clouds up your eye. Tawale is clouds. It clouds up your eyes. Aha. Lavar Maya. But water, even in the salve that's on your eye, it heals the low metalloid, but doesn't cloud your eyes. So therefore, water was the was the choice of the salve, and therefore that's why Rava said it was. You don't have to say Galil because they were poor, because they drank a lot of wine. Even in terms of salves, water was the was a, the best way because this way, when you had it on your eyes, you could still see, maybe a little filmy, but it wasn't as bad as the others 
where you weren't able to see while you were being cured. And that's the reason why the shear for water is smaller. Tanara Bonin, the Bryson says, the Mishnah said, Sharkal Mashkim Revius, all other amounts, all other drink, other liquids, the amount you're kaya for is the Revius, which is about 2.2 ounces. Tanara Bonin, Dam, the Bryson, Dam, the Kol Mine Mashkin Revius. Reb Shimon Ben Elozer, Aymer, Dam, it's less. Kedei Lichol Ba'ayanachas. The amount that you would use as a, again, as an eye treatment, using blood as an eye treatment in one eye. Shekane, kolchun lebarkit. There is a type of illness called barkit. <laughs> Rashi says that it's a shabolethes ba'ayin. It's almost like you have, you have these, um, yeah, um, it, it, you have this film, this 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 the, 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 that's on, a membrane that sort of forms on top of the eye. So that's what they would use blood to somehow, again, uh, they'd use blood to somehow clear that up. All right. Which blood do you use? Chicken blood. Chicken blood was used for that, and it helped for that treatment. Uh Bara, though, a wild chicken. <laughs> it has to be a wild chicken. It has to be a wild rooster. Tarnagolas bara, a wild rooster. Dam, you know what you can use blood for? Enough to put in one eye. Where? Yarud. Yarud is actually like something inside the eyelid itself, in the eyeball itself. Rashi says, Tipos dako shalubon. It's like you can see these 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 small drops of white that are no those bit ayin that are actually in the eye. We learned about this in in Bechoros, as Rashi points out. So that's it's not a film that grows on top of the eye, a membrane that starts to form on top of the eye, a crusty thing on top of the eye. It's actually in the eye itself. They would also use blood. But which blood would they use for that? Dama de krosteina, which is krosta means like a like a like a like a ball like. Aina, it's like an animal that had ball-like eyes, these these piercing eyes. And Rashi says it was a type of bat. So it was a type of bat which had these type of eyes. Which, And you would get the blood of that bat, you would put it for your eye. Masimanech, if you want to know the sign, to know what to use for what, gavo le gavo. Go get the wild gavo means uh, the inside for the inside. Gavo, the inside for the inside. Because bats usually are found inside. You have to find them in caves and stuff like that. So you go inside to get for the illness that's inside in your eye. Bara, you go out and get the wild chicken for the for this thing that's forming on the outside of your eye. But says That's talking about these shiurim are about a person who this is the first time he's doing it. He's taking it out Whatever it is, if it's somebody who's a hoarder who's used to hiding this, who's putting this away, any amount, because like we saw before, if this is what your custom is, the Chil Shabbos now becomes registered based on what you do. If this is what the amount that you hide, we don't say your das is bottle. That's only if it's the person himself who hid it. If the, if the hoarder himself who hit it, then if he takes that small amount out, he's chayev. Abba b'motzi. But the person who takes it out, even if the, he's doing it under the under the orders of the other person, ain't no chayev el b'revius. Umodim chachamim Reb Shimon b'motzi shof k'nerushus harabim. The chachamim say that the shear of revius is true when it comes to throwing out. Uh, the liquids that you use for, for uh, again, for washing, for going to the bathroom, things that you all are meant to be poured out, that shear is a revius. That's the amount that a person, he does, he's not going to take out every little amount. It has to build up to the couple of ounces before the person is willing to take it out. The Bryce has said, Hmm. What does Shemim Nebuzer mean? The person, we're, we're obviously talking about on Shabbos. So what do you mean, motzi, the guy who's carrying it, but not the guy who's hiding it? Hiding it on Shabbos is not us, sir. It's got to be that you dug it up from its hidden place and then took it someplace. Isn't the matzni or the motzi himself? 
Amar Abaya, we're telling you a Chiddush here, according to Shimon Menelazar. That this is a student of like someone who works for someone else, not a rev, not a student of a of a, of a Rosh Hashiva. We're talking about an apprentice. Shamrulei Rabo. That is 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 Rashi says the the guy's working for a shoemaker, and the shoemaker is telling the apprentice, You know what? Get that stuff away. I have that stuff hidden away. Take it and take it outside in Rishos Harabim. We're calling a bunch of people in for a meal. So this apprentice is like under the control of the shoemaker, and the shoemaker is high, has even these smaller amounts. The holachu panalo, and the and the apprentice does it for them. So whatever the amount is. You're still chayev. That would be the sheet of Rav Shimon ben Elozer. Okay. Period. So if it's something chayev that the, the apprentice is taking out, of course he's chayev. The type of thing which is smaller, or it's a type of object usually people don't want, they don't carry, like menstrual blood and stuff like that. Who's carrying that? Who's bringing that? But if that's what his 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 boss does, that's Shimon Menelazar's chiddush, which is If his master is hiding this stuff, and his master is concerned about this material and has put it away and considers it significant. You're working for him, so you're going to be chayev because of because because you're in his world, and you're going to be chayev for even a smaller amount. Why why is it a revius? What do you do? Why is a person bringing shovchen out? Obviously, he doesn't want it in his house, but what is he using it for? You're saying it's a revius. What's he going to do with that amount? It's got to be used for something where where he's taking it. What What's it going to be used for? Amr of Yermia. You know what you could do with stuff, even stuff you washed your hands with, right? Even maybe stuff you urinated in. You know what you could use that water for? Legabobenesatit. If you want to make mortar, and you want to make real, not like with the mortar we said before, but you want to make mortar, you want to make pitch, you want to, you want to make stuff, you can use that water. Don't throw it out. As we say. Uh, so, yeah, so that means it's got to be a revius. In other words, when it's a revius, that's the amount you'll use to later, after Shabbos, whatever it is, to, to, make, your, to make your concrete or mortar from. And revius is the amount. So, Gemara says, Latanya, tit, has ben pikur. We know that the amount of pitch itself, the amount of mortar itself, is a very small amount. It's a very small amount. It's what you put into a, a, a silversmith's oven or a goldsmith's oven that he uses when he sticks the bellows in, and he wants the bellows to fit in just right. He uses a little bit of pitch around it, and that's a very small amount. So the water is going to be even smaller. So what are you telling me a revius for? Mar says, you know why? Over there, it's that Bryce is talking about Lake Asha, Hodemigvel. That's where you've already made the pitch. You've already made the tits. You've already made the mortar. You've already made that stuff. And you've already put the water in from before Shabbos. Hodelomigvel. But we're talking about taking the water out before you've made anything. Why? No one is going to take a little bit of water out. He's going to wait till he has a revius. Once he has a revius of water, then he's going to take it out and mix it with the sand and the dirt, whatever it is that it takes, in order to use for his oven or whatever it is, the lassos, in order to fix the hole. Lassos means to fix the hole by the piakor, the, where the oven mouth is, where he is putting the bellows in in order to create that material. Next mission, Amotzi Chevel. We're talking about ropes. Amotzi Chevel, lassos ozen lakupa. Okay, how much amount of, of a rope is in order that it should be a handle for a box? Gemi, if it's made from reeds, a smaller handle, a handle for a sieve, which is a much smaller amount. It's what you take to the shoemaker. You want to show the shoemaker if a little baby is getting his first pair of shoes, so you take him a little piece of strip and you say, shoemaker, make it about this size. Nayar, what about paper, papyrus? How much papyrus? This was something that we're going to see 
this was to show that you were okay, that you had paid your taxes. Um, what was this Kesha Mochsin? So Rashi explains. Those you had to cross the rivers. So you had to pay to cross the river. And there's a certain guy who bought the rights for the people who are crossing that river, and everybody has to pay him. So therefore, there's a person who um, who goes to the head guy and gives him, he says, here, I want to pay you for the next year to cross the river. I want my easy pass, right? Or or he says, look, uh, I'm, your, I'm your Jewish friend. Give me a pass that I should be able to cross the river for free. And he gives him a certain sign, to show the guy, his, his aparchik, the guy who's standing there taking the money, hey, you see, I got this pass. So what was the way they did it? They would write two letters, OK, or something like that. But they'd be bigger than the normal way to write a letter. A big thing of, hey, see, OK, I got the pass. I got the pass. So that was the amount. They would write it. They wouldn't use parchment for that. They would use, they would use, they would use parchment. They wouldn't use what you use for a Sefer Torah. They would use Nayar, which is a cheaper type of, of paper. So that's what they would put on it. So what was the use of carrying paper? Because a lot of people would carry that and show their passes. So that was the amount, big enough to put that Kesher on, which the Rambam says it had the shape. It had like the O and the K were bonded together, right? They made like a logo out of it. It was a Kesher Shomokson. And the Mishnah tells us, what about whatever it's written on, even if it's written on parchment? But if you've got a pass, <laughs> you're chayev, that you're chayev for carrying that. Let's say it's a paper that is already, it's not really a paper, but it's a type of material that's already been, uh, it's already been uh, it's already been erased so many times that you usually can't use it to write on anymore. Because it, you can, when you write on it, everybody just sees the erasures. Uh, you can't write clear things on it. So what's the amount to be chayev and Shabbos for that? But you can have, these women would wear these um, these bottles of, of, of perfume around them. So this would be enough to wrap around it, I guess, to, to keep the, 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 to keep the, make sure the stuff doesn't jostle and fall out. So that was the amount of paper that would be put into the top of the bottle. What about, what about piece of leather? What's the, what's the sheer piece of leather? People would make kameas. They would wear these kameas, these amulets, and the kamea that was folded, whatever it was, whether it was Shemus Hashem or special spices, it was folded into like a leather, uh, a, a leather strip that was tied around the neck. So the, the amount to make a, a standard size kamea, that was the amount of leather that you're chayah for. Klop, if we talk about the, 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 the part, the part, that's mamish parchment. What's the amount that's considered a shear? Because that's what most Jews use the cloth for, right? And what's the smallest parish of tefillin? Because you don't use, you don't write the mezuzah on the cloth. The mezuzah might even be smaller, but it's the amount that you would use to uh, to, to, to to use what? As Rashi says, it was expensive. People didn't make, uh, people didn't put uh, on a cloth. They didn't write their passes on it. They only use it for tefillin and mezuzahs. So what's the smallest amount that goes in the smallest parsha, which is the parsha of tefillin, which is Shema Yisrael? Tio, the amount of ink, they lift of base osios. The amount of ink it would take to write two letters. Kechol, this is the part that we, this is actually like a blue type of makeup that people would put in their eyes. It also could help their eyes look better and, and maybe it helped their, uh, it helped their uh, sight as well. Devik, this was a type of uh, thing that a glue that could trap animals. Because this shapshap was like a piece of wood that the birds would land on, and this would be uh, enough that when the bird stuck his foot there, you trapped it, and then you could eat that bird or use it for whatever you want. Zephas Vigophris, this is the pitch and the um and the um brimstone, the gophris, the, the pitch and the gophris, Kadelasos Nekev. This is in order to help, like we said before, to work on that hole in the in the in the ovens. That this way, it's actually the right size. It's that they would put it around it. Today, laasos means to fix it to make it proper. Shava, the amount of wax. Today, retain alpinekev. That's actually to cover the hole. 
They would put it on the pea, not not to help form the hole, but actually to put on top of it. So this was actually a brick that they had crushed, and then they would use the powder of the brick. What would they use the powder of the brick for? That's what they would use for the, the, the goldsmiths, the people that would be making gold and, and fashioning gold, but they had it in their, in, their, in, their, uh, in their ovens where they would heat the stuff. So this is, was a good material uh, to use. And the amount that usually goes in the average goldsmith's oven, that's the amount you're on Shabbos. Rabbi Yudah America, they lasso's pit put, maybe even less. Rashi says, regel l'moka moshe vakur, enough to put, like the, the legs of the oven would, would be standing on something. Rashi says, it's like a tripod. So that would be the amount that you would put under the tripod. So I'm not sure which way, which one is more or less. Possibly Rabbi Huda is actually more makel in this case. I'm not sure. Subin, this is bran. What do they use for bran? That would cover the hole. Not, it didn't make the hole. That would cover the hole. That's what they would use bran for. Sid, what would they use lime for? They would use it for girls who they wanted to appear like they weren't getting hairy. There are many girls who had not yet reached puberty, and yet they were showing unseemly hair. So this was a way to actually use this as a material to get rid of that hair that they didn't want. Rebuto America de Lasso's Kalkal. What's that? Uh, we're going to see. That's the actually uh, we'll see in the Gemara uh, as far as that goes. Rav Nachemia Marka they were sold undapi. We're going to see in the Gemara too. But these were all different uses for Sid. We'll see exactly the three opinions when we get to the Gemara. Chevel Nami The Gemara says like this. It says a rope. It's a big amount, uh, right? That's what it said. The rope was a bigger amount because in order to use for what? In order to use for uh, this thing that it, right? But what about? Let's go back. What was it they used the rope for? Let's go back to the mission again. Check ourselves. Come on, come on. So the rope was to make a, a, a handle for a box. That's a big amount. But can't you use a rope to also be the handle for the sieve? No, you have a sieve that you're going to use to, 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 to sift your materials with. And you have a rope and a handle. Why can't the, that would be a smaller rope? Why is the rope, why are you only high for a large amount? You should be high for even a smaller amount. A rope can be used for even a smaller thing. So the Gemara says, you could use it for a sieve, a handle, to hang the handle on. It's actually too tough. The rope would actually, what it would do if you use it on the sieve, it would actually, it would actually be too tough. The rope is, 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 is at a material that would actually grind into the, 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 the mana and, and, and cause it to break. So what about the inish? So people don't use it. Therefore, they use stuff made out of reeds, which is much softer than the rope. The rope was a tough material. When it comes to hutzen, we had that on the, on the we started today's daf with hutzen. What do you use it for? For an ozen lasal, for a, a handle, for a basket. For which type of basket? Kvifa mitzris, which is, a, again, a, a special type of basket that's made out of date material, so they use date hutzen of, Rashi says, use these old dried uh, palm fronds and you tie them together, that's the amount that you would use for uh, this type of basket, which is also made out of material from the date tree. The sieve, which is also around the date tree, Rashi says, malbush. it wraps around the deco, it's edible at one point, but then it becomes hard, the sieve, how much is that? It's what you would put on a mashpech. A mashpech is something that you would use to pour wine in in order to get the, to get the, uh, the sediment and other stuff out of the wine. So in order to make sure that the, 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 the hole, that you, the, 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 the mouth of this utensil is, is, is narrow enough and perfect size, they would use a piece of sieve to, 
to to circle inside of that mouth of the uh, of that utensil. Let's read it again. Right? That means to to clear the wine of its uh, fermenting of its of its sediment. Revav, that's like grease and oil. Grease, a blob of grease of oil. How much is that? Revav. That's like a sfug, to put it under like a sufganiya. The amount that you would put under one of these cup, one of these donuts or cakes. So the amount you would put under that, that, that it shouldn't burn, that's the amount of, of the grease and stuff you would use. The kamishiura, what's the amount? Kesela, basically the size of a coin. Latanya Gregaris. Another Bryson says that, wait, a Gregaris. Mark says one second. The Grogaris is the amount of oil you need for a, a donut the size of a Grogaris. <laughs> Whereas this is the amount of oil that's under it. How much do you need? A cella. The coin's worth. That's the amount that you use for the food that's the size of a Grogaris. But it's not a contradiction. One is going for the size of the food, and the other is what goes, the amount of oil that goes under it. The price that goes on, muchin, when it comes to these soft little feathers and stuff that they would put into pillows and things, to make a little ball to play with a kid to play with or your dog to play with, right? A little ball that you'd put the feathers and stuff in, that's the amount to make a soft, squishy thing, to make a small ball. That's the amount you'd be chayev for taking these small uh, little pieces, uh, uh, like feathers and other things, that, 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 the soft material that you have lying around. The kamishiuro, how much is that? Kegos, the size of a walnut, or something like that. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.